And welcome to the TAMS Percussion Podcast. Don't forget to support us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Anchor. Also, check out our Patreon and PayPal. For questions, comments, or suggestions, reach us at TAMSPercussion at gmail.com or on Instagram at TAMS Perk Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the TAMS Percussion Podcast. Here we are joined by our very own Michael Deleese and Sue and Tam. How are you guys this evening? Yes. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Good to be here. Good to be back. It's, I feel like I haven't seen y'all in like a month. It's only been two weeks. I know. We miss you, Michael. Like, I feel like, wait, what were you even doing? So I ended up taking an impromptu trip to Florida. For fun? Just, yeah, for fun. I went to the Florida Keys and did like a bunch of interesting yeah. things out there with my dad. Did you kiss some turtles? Hmm? Did you kiss some turtles? No, I did not kiss some turtles, but I did get to stand snapping at the turtles, yeah. far away. Hmm? Kiss a snapping turtle, see how that goes. Yeah, maybe next time. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> Who else are we here with today, Sky? We are joined by, or we are joined again by a uh, dear friend of mine, Taylor Munoz. Taylor, Hello, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be back. Thank you for having me back. This was, it was super fun last time, so I'm excited to chat. Yes. It's great to be back. Glad to be on the same episode as you, Taylor. <laughs> All right, so getting us into today, we have a little special event. We're doing Tam's Jams 3. Yeah, Tam's Jams 3. Let's go. Yay, Tam Jam. Tam's Jams. Tam's Jams. I love them. Tam's Jams. We're kind of doing our more freeform episode style. It seems to, y'all seem to like it. So if you do like it, make sure you tell us to like it on Instagram or send us an email saying like, hey, this is cool. Or hey, stop doing these. We hate them. All right. And this time I thought it'd be fun to get a little Q&A started for today so i went and asked instagram for questions about per uh, percussion about podcasts about life about music about whatever you want to talk about and i got a couple of great questions here first of all our friend ben hits drums on instagram hey, what do you wish you knew hmm? my boy ben our boy ben yeah my man ben's always out there gigging in new york city he's in high school right now and doing like the manhattan music preparatory school Manhattan School Music Preparatory School, whatever it is. It's he's really good, really good guy, really good dude. Had him on Instagram for a while. Anyways, yeah. Ben asked us, what do you wish you knew in high school as a musician or any kind of experiences you felt like would have been beneficial to know now or like as a high schooler? For me, I've been thinking about this for a while since he asked it. And it's a really good question. And I think the thing that would have helped me the most in high school would have been knowing how to actually have like better snare drum technique. So I didn't do this to my wrist, a little ASMR, and like just feeling time a little bit better. But I started as a pianist and like, it's always weird talking to like people who started out on percussion because like, I feel like people who started out more in the snare drum or like marching realms have a lot stronger sense of tempo and pulse. And I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, I play piano. I just kind of, you know, I play flowy stuff all the time, so I never use the metronome as religiously as I should have. So I wish I had better pulse of time. Yeah, 
I think everyone could use a little bit of better tempo. Some people more or less. Through I yeah yeah. I think something I wish that I I know even like way be, even before high school. I wish I had taken I had looked for more outside playing opportunities. Like I wish I had done some like music camps, uh, contests, concerto stuff, whatever, or community groups. Like I wish, like I. I heard that these things would be around. I'm like, oh, we have the local youth symphony. Eh, I'm subpar. I'm not going to make it. But then I totally might have, and I would have loved it. Like, but, you know, not saying that my high school experience wasn't enough, but like I hear all of my friends or a lot of my other classmates are like, oh, we did, you know, this competition or we did this whatever camp. And I'm like, dang, that sounds fun. I wish I did it. Um, like the um, percussion scholarship group thing. Oh too. yeah. Uh, with Josh, I wish I could have done that. We don't have anything like that in Aurora. Yeah, I that because the thing is, I think the group is to me. I didn't really know about it, so like it was like from my third grade teacher. So it's like way back then, and like some I don't know how like they even knew about it, but like yeah. I think for me, I wish I knew what like chamber music actually was like percussion ensemble, because I mean, I had the percussion scholarship group, but we only had like a conductor in like high school, you know, we had like little percussion ensemble, but it was all these like, I don't know, we had like our band director like conducting us or we, we had like a percussion section teacher person conducting us so I guess I never really knew what it was like like what is chamber music like when you play like ionization or something like that like breathing with people like how to cue and then just like just like stuff like that and like counting like I had no idea and I come to college and I'm like so I'm definitely getting better but like It'd be great if I knew how to do that sooner and like really like breathe with like the rest of like whoever I'm playing with because I think that's like chamber music so important and I don't know I just like now I feel like I'm trying to like catch up because like everyone's like very good at it and I'm kind of just learning how to like cue and play along and stuff yeah three triggering notes. <laughs> Hopefully that all percussionists of the good old. Yes. So, he said chamber music oh. and I'd be like, chamber? <laughs> Boy, do I know one for you. <laughs> In both duet, small chamber and large chamber. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, chamber music, just to go off what you were saying in particular, I think is really important for percussionists because I mean, percussion ensemble is the place where we really, what happened to your lights? <laughs> it's automatic, and it's because I'm not moving. Oh, oh no. For those oh. of you who couldn't it happens see. The it happens a lot, so. Yeah, for those of you who didn't see that, because you're not supporting us on Patreon, Sulin's lights just went out, and these this is the content you're missing. So yeah, <laughs> so follow us on Patreon, support us on Patreon. We also have PayPal, you can donate right there. Yeah, give us money. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just saying that chamber uh, music, percussion ensemble, it's all super important for percussionists because, I mean, this is something I, this is a conversation I just had with my cooperating teacher for student teaching. 
uh, percussionist and band, you don't really get to learn much. So having that chamber ensemble experience is really important to grow as a percussionist, especially. But uh, that was a little tangent, but um, something I wish I knew. So I also didn't start as a percussionist, but honestly, this is kind of applicable across all instruments, but I wish I knew how to practice efficiently. Um, so I didn't waste hours and hours in the practice room uh, just playing the same thing or playing what sounded good already. Um, so that's definitely one thing, like efficient practice. And then also I wish I incorporated more improvisation into my practice sessions because as I've gotten older and gotten to college and doing more stuff, I've learned that I am super uncomfortable with improvising. And I feel like just as a musician, it's a very important skill to have. You would be surprised how far you can get just improvising. Like let's say, hypothetically, you forgot how a part of your solo goes, you're in the middle of your recital, and you know this next section, but you don't remember how to get from this point to this point. So maybe just trying to make a little something, kind of fudge it in there. If you can, if you can like kind of just use your ear to get, guide yourself in some way to get back on track where you are, boom, you're set. No big memory slip kind of fail. So it's really important. I definitely agree with that. My senior recital had so much improvising in it, especially, <laughs> never mind, yeah. not going to go back to the starts Burton or start Steven's supposed to be Burton talking again. See, that's, 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 multiple grips. that's just the thing of multiple grips, Sky. <laughs> I just recently actually learned how to do Burton just for vibraphone stuff because I've been tired of using like Burt's mallets and Steven's grips. I've been using like some artifact mallets I've been using I don't, which, I don't remember which ones they are. They're like the blue or the dark blue ones. And like actual rattan mallets. Again, they were Jen's old mallets, so that's fun. Anyway, our next question I have here is from Ben Hellert Percussion. Ben is a master's student over at Bowling Green State University. And he asked us, hey, Tams, what's your favorite multi-percussion, or what's your favorite like large solo setup piece? And let's go ahead and start with someone who's not me. How about Sulin? That's a great question. Um, I don't have an answer because I haven't played a big thing yet. Unfortunately, I I want to. I don't like a multi solo. Yeah, I haven't. That's the thing. I haven't done a multi solo yet. I feel like when I'm a junior and I need to do one a thing. Yeah. Um, have you done like a percussion ensemble thing or a band thing that just like like any large setups or like band and stuff? Yeah, that works too. Cool. I hate large setups. Like I love it, but I hate it. Um, I guess I don't. It's not my favorite though. Like we've done a lot of. Oh my god, I have no idea what the composer's name is. Shoot, sweet moon chariot. I can't remember. I can't remember. But it's like toms and vibes where I have to go back and forth. Other than that, I feel like professional ensemble wise. Um, I'm having a blank, but no, honestly, I haven't really had like that big of a setup, like only like maybe like Tom's. Oh, well, we played Springs by Paul Lansky. That was pretty cool. But like, I don't know. It wasn't, nothing's like my super, super favorite yet, but I think either this year or next year, I have to like, I want to learn like a multi-solo thingy or whatever. 
or like some drum set thing with like whatever anyway i'm sorry that was a terrible answer but it's just honestly because i haven't gotten to play anything yet yeah that's my story there you go that's that's good that you are willing to learn and like start to learn things i'm glad you're at the point where you're just gonna like educate yourself and try to diversify more i feel like i don't know playing a multi-solo is like a rite of passage in percussion world when you're in college it's kind of like that's like a girl scout badge and yeah i've done a handful myself but i'm also old so that's fine sky Okay. Yeah, uh, I would have to go. Hands down, I'd have to go with hands down. I'm sorry, hands down by Chad Floyd. I had to do it. Dead energy. I'm in a tuxedo, so you can't stop me. Um, I'm in a tuxedo, by the way. Um, it's just okay. I have a large love for like Latin music and just like Afro-Cuban, Brazilian, um, Spanish music. Just like it's. It's, it's 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 good music feel good music and everyone loves it um and if you don't you should check it out uh but that has two congas a djembe and a set of bongos and you can play it either standing or sitting and a lot of it is like you know your regular hand drum stuff and then there's a little bit of like tambourine stuff with like brushes and bundles and I love it. I play it. I love it. Yeah, that's that's my multi thing. Also, any any theater setup is always just like a large mass of. Here's everything you have to play. Good luck. Band, band all the time. Just grab every single instrument you own in the cage and set it up because we're playing all these pieces that have different instruments. It's a lot. Um, Alfred, I have a question. Do you remember the name of the piece that Mitch and Jake Dance played? Of the Drums. Dance of the Drums. Okay. I did not play it, but I remember my first experience in college. I came early to do a gig with the studio and I came and I walked in on rehearsal and they were playing Dance of the Drums and I was like, that is so cool and i never got the chance to play it maybe one day i will but i think that is my favorite one like it's just awesome we'll we'll dig out the conch horn we'll we'll, we'll do it right now yes let's do it <laughs> man if you want a conch horn play third construction <laughs> that's fun that's that's probably one of the ones i've enjoyed a lot of like just playing it i played it at shenandoah my junior or senior year like it was right before COVID happened. And like we had a dance theater, like we were in a pit and we had a dance crew above us, like doing like this whole new choreographed like dance they did. And we played it in the pit. That was really cool. But that wasn't my original answer, but that just reminded me of it. Um, my original answer piece I've played that I think is my favorite multi is Garage Drummer by Garage Drummer by James Campbell. It's like this really like cool backbeat kind of deal with like electronics and stuff to like mix. Crotale bowing and crotales with like booms and cats, badooms, dudas, booms, cats, badooms, bada in one hand. And then like one I haven't played, a little biased dance here, Wicca by Casey. <laughs> Wicca by Casey Cangelos. If you haven't heard that one, go look, go look it up. It's absolutely <laughs> one of my favorites. So much stuff. He's got like the little one-handed roll thing going across the bongos with like 
the stick going that way. It's just it's just so much fun. Some high energy. I love the play. I, sorry. I love pieces with backing tracks, like the new wave of music that's coming out with electronic backing tracks and stuff. I did one on my senior recital called Glimmer by Evan Chapman. He's uh, one of the people in Square Peg, Round Hole. Oh my God, right? I love him. Round Hole, Square Peg, whatever it is. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I played his multi-piece and, but I actually, it was like a multi-piece, but uh, there was an adapted version for drum set. So I played it on the drum set and it's just cool exploring the sounds and like getting to make things up. I mean, I went to Alfred a lot, like how do I make this thing work? So yeah, stuff like that is super cool. Taylor, do you know the piece um, Birdfish? No. Evan Chapman played it and, and it's like really, it's such a cool, you should check it out. I mean, if you want to, but it's like drum set and electronics. And I definitely will. It's like a kind of multiple, it's by Anna Meadows and it's, she gave me, she actually sent me the music and I, I have, yeah, I'm going to learn that. And it's, it's so cool. It's such a vibey piece. It's not like your typical, it's just like very chill, like <laughs> the ambiance and like Evan Chapman, you know, he has like super cool lighting stuff. So it's like blue and awesome. And yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't know. The videos are super cool. Like I saw square peg round. I don't, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me, and I struggle. But peg I hole round it. square. Square square round something. Square, just square. square. There you go. Cool. Damn. Yeah. Anyway. Very cool. And we got one more like set of fan questions. I my friend Jonah Frith asked a bunch of questions because he's just above and beyond like that. Um, how do you approach teaching students techniques versus concepts? This is, the first, this is his first question. And I think one of the big things that I like to incorporate both at the same time. So like, I think if you're going to, like let's say you're teaching someone like Pratt and you want to teach them how to get better flams, you're going to like have them do Pratt, but you're also going to mix in like stick control exercises that are incorporating in there. So like adding different stickings to the Pratt just to like diversify and make flams like your top priority, for example. So that's what I think about that at least. Like I like to do some sort of hybrid. I don't think there's a versus. I think there's like just a unification on this thing. It's not like a don't do this, do this. It's more like try this. And then if this doesn't work the way you want it to add this and kind of mix it together. So it's not like this competition it's more like unity anyone else wants to jump in on this one it's a great you question know, Jonah. it's it's me just trying to think of what 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 defines technique talking about technique versus talking about a concept uh, but for my take from it i feel like when i think of in my version technique i feel like teaching technique it'd be very fine detail kind of thing like okay let's try this smaller stroke or let's try going up to here. But if I were to teach a student like a concept, like let's talk about, you know, let's talk about flam. Let's introduce what a flam is. I, you know, explain what it is and kind of more give them tools of how to practice developing their own technique. Where if I'm talking straight about technique, okay, we're now gonna get it to the nitty gritty. Um, keep your grace notes down, keep your grace notes down, hammer. <laughs> Dennis Delucci, anyway. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I would do that. Um, 
stick control, great thing. Uh, just found out stick control is great for hand drumming. Um, not exactly, but it can be. But yeah, that's that's me. Have you ever all, have you all ever tried stick control with your feet for drum set? Like the first page. Oh my god! I literally thought you meant like wrapping your feet around a drumstick and playing stick control. At all. I was like, no. No, <laughs> like if you no, like if you do like the like foot pedals. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. Incorporate other things into it too. Like I don't know. Sorry. One of my old drums that teacher, like drums that teacher, Shenandoah used to always like get people doing paradiddles with their feet for a while and doing that kind of exercise. So it's just really good to, I think it's a neat idea doing it with your feet. If you haven't tried it, use your feet, drum, stick control for your feet. All right. Um, yeah, does anyone else have any more kind of opinions on technique versus concept? I think we kind of got everything there. I mean, Oh no, you go, you go. I, was oh. gonna, I don't really know. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna basically agree. I mean, I agree that it's like a hybrid thing that you do. I am a Texas musician born and raised. So like down there, it's like technique, 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 technique. Like I came into college with like great hands. I could play a lot of things, but like, I mean, obviously I was lacking in other areas, but um, so I, I see it's very important basically to mix both of them. Um, and something that Dr. Yakis does a lot, which I really appreciate, um, he's the professor at Vandercook, percussion professor. Um, he will do a like, okay, here's this technique, let's practice this. Now try doing this. Do you know what you just played? And like, he'll introduce concepts that way without you really realizing what you're doing. Um, but I, I yeah, overall, I agree. Gotta mix them both. Awesome. And yeah, one kind of, well, two kind of last little things from Jonah. How often is a classical percussionist in the studio in 2021? And like, what are your experiences in like recording sessions in general? And what do you think the new leading kind of cool thing that's going to come out of 2022 is in the percussion world? Wait, sorry, what did you say? How often? Yeah, like how often do you, how often do like classical percussionists always like to try to go record things or like go oh. hang out in the studio sessions? Like what's the big deal with that? Because he, my, this is Jonah, my friend Jonah, he's a jazz drum set player. So he's always like, he's constantly getting called for studio gigs all the time. He's very good. Very, very good. Great hands. But like, yeah. So he's just wondering how often we get called for like studio recording gigs and stuff like that. Or like just making our own recordings, I guess, because that's something I like to try to get more of. I've been my 2022 goals is to get more recordings done. I told myself I was going to do 2021, but I just didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, what do y'all think? I got this one. Okay, so well, um, for gigs, I don't have a car, so I think that's one of my biggest problems is that like I can't really get places without a car, so I don't get called for anything unless it's like for my friends recitals. But anyway, um, uh, Michigan is really big into like recording stuff. And especially during COVID, so like for percussion ensemble, we would have like watch parties. So we would uh, record it and then we would have our watch parties. And it's super awesome because I'm gonna be shouting a couple people out because we have so many people who are 
really interested in doing all that kind of video stuff. So people at like my studio at Michigan, like they're such great players, but then they also have like this awesome extra talent of like electronic music, but then also um, how to record stuff. So there's Fitz and my friend Jonathan. And so Jonathan, he's in, he does like lighting. He's like a lighting directory person. Anyway, for his church. And he has all these really cool lights um you know and it's really good especially like he's been lighting um people's recitals and especially um like uh video like video recordings too for like performances for percussion ensemble too which you guys should check out and i think his instagram thing is like jonathan record lighting productions or whatever something like that but um it's just really great uh so like that helps with the recording and that makes everyone really excited because they're like ooh, cool lights and it just makes it look really professionally done and then Fitz helps with like live streaming stuff but then also just like recording like he has his own camera but then we can get we can rent cameras from our school and so now like all of us just like go crazy on recordings and I think it's super fun and also it's just really nice to like have something documented that you're proud of and you're looking back and you're like wow i'm such an amazing player and like it's just it's just really nice to have all of that and and it's like you have the resources at school so it's really good to use it while you can because like you know when when you're an adult a real people adult and not in music school it's like it might be harder to just get like a camera if you don't have one or like cool light so it's really nice that the school allows us to rent stuff out and whatever yeah yeah i think on that point two things one can i please call your friend for my recital yes fly him all the way down to virginia <laughs> he can, he'll go whatever yeah he'll do it and two there's been a really cool app my roommate showed me that like can make this turn into like a almost professional camera it's called filmic pro it's about it's like 15 dollars, but like you can do so many different things of like the whole of like the video you can change like the focus in some spots you can like it's oh, really it like, it's, it's like an app on your phone you can get on your ipad you can get like do everyone do like a multiple camera angle thing 15 dollars, and it's like almost getting like a professional camera that's that's awesome okay so that might be something to try out we're not okay. just Full disclaimer, we're not sponsored by any companies I'm mentioning. I'm just like really enthusiastic. Well, we could. We could, we be. could be sponsored through our wonderful Patreon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Patreon plug. No problem. You mean the, this, this tuxedo? Yeah, you can see Sky's tuxedo. You can see Sulin's duck hat. You can see Taylor's room. Yeah. You can see my room. You can see my wonderful oh my shirt. I was going to say that Taylor has a stuffed Yoshi, but it's not Yoshi. It's Yoda. Uh, they're both green i don't know they're both like dinosaur things anyway and then the last part of jonah's question i think what do you think the leading new thing in 2022 is going to be i think it's going to be more multi-tracks and more vocals with percussion especially like i know marimba and vocals been really cool like big lately i think we're going to get like into the multi-percussion and vocals range eventually I think someone's going to start bringing it up. I think someone might be working on something about it. So who knows what's going on? And like, it's crazy. There's so many, there's so many different cool things that could be happening. What do y'all think? I agree. 
with that 100 percent um at PASIC I think I talked about this last time but at PASIC we went to a session um where it was like a vocal like new vocal keyboard pieces basically and it was just super cool Andrea Vinay played one and it was insane it was crazy but I definitely think that's gonna be trending quite soon um and yeah definitely the backing tracks the more advanced our technology gets the more electronic things get added in um and also backing track on like the first part of the question with like classical percussionists getting in studios i mean i feel like not called very often but i agree on sulin's point of like really just getting out there and like recording and like having work that you're proud of um and it's about like finding the opportunities as well like our uh percussion professor dr yakis he is constantly finding gigs like we went to crc which is the chicago recording company and we recorded some percussion ensemble pieces for PASIC, which was super cool um and he's just constantly finding gigs like that for us to go do um so i think finding the opportunities to do it is like the most important part because it's it's fun when you get to do it i'll be honest i think you know, there's a lot of people out there that kind of going back to the other point, there's a lot of people out there who are ready to pick up those gigs, but a lot of us are more waiting on those opportunities to open up. And I think the better option is to just, you know, start, you know, just whatever it takes to get that forward. Um, even it's like, okay, we're going to book a recording day. What are you recording? I don't know. We'll see you in recording day. <laughs> I mean, just like that's 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 going way far. But then you you have something going. Now you have opportunities. Oh, we need some people here. You got instruments, let's rent it from this guy. And it's like a lot of money, but you know, yeah. I don't know, it's very that's kind of like my opinion, and that's what I experienced. And 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 I think. You know, again, recording is definitely more recordings is going to be the future of percussion right now. Um, recording tracks and spoken percussion. You know, I think, I think the new thing for like percussion in 2022, I think, think you're on to something, Michael. But I also think, but maybe it's because I go to Michigan and we're a little bit kind of new music y. So I feel like we're actually going towards the electronic also like you were saying and then new music kind of stuff more like naturey music if that makes sense i don't know like yeah instead of just like your traditional like typical um percussion ensemble stuff it's kind of getting more contemporary more yeah, more um what's what's the word i'm looking for aleatoric in a way yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. more kind of freedom more spacious um i'm trying to like think i don't know how to explain it because hmm, yeah more like i want to say like stepping on leaves kind of music and like as you step on the leaf and then it makes sound or like amplifying cacti and stuff like that more oh, like that rather than like clapping oh i guess no no rather than like tompkins like like the trio tompkins stuff kind of like that I think, and then electronic tra tracks and stuff like that, like you were saying. Yeah, I think one thing that's really been popping up, especially like 
here and like in Boston and like in Greece, all over the place, it's been the pianistic approach to marimba. Like people are definitely doing a lot more of the like quick lateral hand kind of things. They're doing a lot more piano transcriptions have been huge lately. And I think we're also starting to branch out more into not just doing Bach when we're thinking about doing transcription. I think we're like getting back into like, I've seen people trying to mess around with like Scarlatti kind of transcriptions too. So we're not, so we're branching a little bit out from Bach in the terms of Baroque transcriptions. I've seen people doing Mozart pieces. Everyone's been playing that Sibelius piece. You know, the one. You know what I'm talking about? Is it the Spruce? I think it's the spruce or something like that i've just been hearing like so many recordings of it lately it always sounds good but like that's just the one thing i've been hearing a lot of yeah and then so those are all of our questions from home and from instagram so thanks for sending those in you guys we got them all. so before before we wrap that one part i think there's also like a large push for like marimba orchestra music just like extremely oh. large for like extremely large percussion ensemble pieces like for 23 like uh i mean like two and you're in the the percussion yeah i love doing that yeah it was and yeah marimba orchestra was it was different like i was like oh so this is what it's supposed to be and surprisingly i remember gordon said he was like this is one of the best marimba orchestras i've been in and i'm like oh no thank you um yeah, I had that orchestra stack. You had some heavy hitters in there. Like Sandy Rennick was in that one too. Um, and the thing Bill is, like, was in it. <laughs> yeah, me. No, I just, I felt bad because, like, I don't know if I felt bad, but it's just like, I was like talking to these people who are just like very famous, and I'm just talking to them like casually, and they're like, oh, I'm a professor here. Like, um, yeah, I'm from Japan, and my husband's like, um, a composer and all this stuff for percussion like very well known and i'm just like ah oh, i am a student at michigan like but yeah. it was it was great i mean you're getting your foot in the door that's all that matters that's important yeah. that's awesome Sulin. congrats for all that thank you yeah i think one thing as i mentioned with the studio thing i think the most important part about getting a good studio gig is having the right friends so just knowing who's going to be like where, who might need an extra. For who's example. got the gear? Who's got the gear? Yeah. That's me. Oh, my I'm God. The guy with the gear. Wait, guys, I want to know your opinion about this. Because, like, I just, like, I thought of kind of a question. Because, so, I know when people are, like, uh, I don't know. Like, when you, you guys have, like, guests, artists, or people, like, yeah, come into, like, your studio class or whatever. And they talk about, like, their experience. And I feel like... When people come over um, to Michigan, they're always like, make sure that you get along with everyone, you know, like make sure that you're nice to everyone and don't try to burn any bridges and stuff like that. And like, personally, I like, you know, I agree, but that, you know, that's not always going to happen. So at least to me, I'm like, and maybe this is weird thinking and maybe my perspective will change later. But like, if you don't want to work with somebody, then maybe you don't have to, not saying all the time. Like, obviously you're going to try to be nice. I mean, like try to be nice to everyone, but sometimes it's just not realistic that you can get along with everybody. And like, um, I don't know, personally for me, I'm like, you don't have to put yourself into that situation.
situation where you have to work with a person and i don't know maybe like you know you're not always going to be that lucky but at least in like my experience i don't know what do you guys think because like it's not like intentional like you're trying to do anything bad to people but it's not i don't know i feel like it's more realistic that stuff happens between people yeah i mean like we are human so it is inevitable that something may happen with somebody i think the best course of action is not intentionally burn your bridges right like if you're not like don't go out of your way to like piss somebody off for whatever reason for whatever thing but like i think even if you don't always agree with somebody and you're trying to collaborate with them like if it's like a project i think you got i think you should give it at least one honest effort and do like one thing and if you don't want to do anything else with them don't call them back or don't do anything else with them like you can i think just give everybody one honest to goodness chance and then seeing how it goes from there that's just my two cents on that little bit yeah and i add on to that you know there's always the saying you only get one first impression uh it's true even if people deny it no it's it's pretty true and i won't name who or where but there was a company that i had seen at PASIC my first year um won't say who but you know i showed up and like oh this is cool and you know i was having a good time meeting a lot of people and i just wanted to talk to like all these cool like all these manufacturers all these artists all these you know people because i like to meet people like making friends like you guys. I like meeting you guys. Um, and, you know, I kind of just sat at the member, kind of waved hi to the, the guy and kind of turned away and kind of just gave me a glance and like, he doesn't seem cool. Um, and I'm like, dang, I, I wanted to talk about this fantastic new product, but maybe next time. And then a year later, no, not even a year later, a month later, I see their instrument at the next conference, which was the Midwest conference. Um, same company, same person, and then same reaction. I'm like, now that's hard. Like, I would love, like, I forgot where I was going with this, but like, these, in, it, it, no, the music world is extremely small. And kind of you are talking about something like, you don't have to get along with everyone, but it sucks because you can't, in our profession, you can't escape the people you want to at, at all times. Like, you know, you're going to be put into a situation where you just, you just have to deal with who you got. I mean, part, part of being like professional, mature musician, or even just being a person is to just like work it out. I forgot I was going to go with that, so I'm going to stop right there, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think it's one of those things where you draw the line between your professional life and your personal life. Like you can personally not get along with somebody, but can still respect that they're a good musician or that they have great skills. And it's like, man, this person might be a jerk. And it's like, okay, but they can play the part well. And, you know, we just got to get through this session. Um, But I agree also with your point, Sulin, like if you can avoid it, if you just really can't make that connection, or, you know, just get along, then if you can avoid it, then yeah. <laughs> um, so not put yourself under that stress, but definitely I think the line between your personal and professional life. Yeah. And I guess I just like bring up the point just because, I mean, not to get too personal, but like in my personal life, I've had 
multiple experiences with people. I don't know if it's just me. I would like to not think it's me because I feel like I try to be nice. I mean, I feel like everybody tries to be nice. But there was especially this one instance where there was like I had a thing with a friend and who's also a percussionist. Um, and then just something happened and this person wouldn't even give me cues for percussion ensemble or like, you know, like help me during like large ensemble. So that was very hard for me. And, and like, you're right, like Taylor, like exactly like, you know, you have to separate personal from like, you know, your professional. And like, I feel like I'm good at that. Like, you know, of course, maybe I'll just cry in the practice room by myself. But um, I think it's just like really important, like, you know, it, getting along with like the people that you're working with really helps and especially like it makes the music more musical because you're getting along but like for me it was just really hard i'm like this person won't even give me a cue for this one part and it's like this was a hard like this was a hard piece and i'm like struggling 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 and they definitely didn't make it easier but i guess like it's just all a learning experience and you know just gotta do the best you can Yeah, I mean, I agree. And sorry. Uh, but I was just gonna say, not to like, go on this tangent and branch, but especially being like, women percussionists, uh, it can be a lot of hard, like very hard, there will be different personalities and people that you have to face that, like, male identifying people in percussion do not have to face. Like I've had experiences where we had some guests come into our band and they walked up to me and were like, what's your main instrument? And I'm standing behind a marimba playing marimba. I'm like, I'm a percussionist. They're like, oh, that's your primary instrument? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, wow, you're so brave. And I'm like, <laughs> like, you know, just like, <laughs> and like, I know that's like tan tangent off, but I feel like it's all relevant to the point of like, personal and professional life <laughs> yeah and when people say stupid things like that to me i'm just like okay well let me let me show you so in a way i'm just kind of like oh my god this is like a whole long stream but i love it just like when i was so when i was in high school as a junior um i made first chair in like all state honor band um and like there were like I don't know, 20, 30 other people. They were all guys. And then they were so surprised that like some, you know, some some of the dudes or whatever, like they're like, oh yeah, like you're a girl and that's super cool, whatever. And then some are like, you're a girl? And you mean first chair and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, I did. And like, for me, I don't know if I'm like the, I don't think anyone's like the typical percussionist, but definitely I feel like when people see me, they don't know that I'm a percussionist because like, I dress in pink. I'm more of like a girly girl, I guess. Like it, to me, I don't give a poop, like whatever. Um, I don't know, I like wear heels and they're like, they expect me to be like an art major or like a violist or a pianist, violin major, whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm a percussionist because I don't know, they just don't think that's what a percussionist would look like. And then I'm like, I'm not gonna say anything, but let me show you what I can do and whatever. Anyway, oops, that was a tangent. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd love to talk to you about this. Yeah. Maybe another time, but yeah, no, sexism yeah. in the, the percussion and just music world in general is real and representation matters, so. Yeah. <laughs>
super important. Yeah, thanks for bringing that whole thing to our awareness and our attention. That's awesome to get to talk about for a little bit. I got like one last kind of thing I wanted to mention real quick. Summer, think about your summer right now. You've got festivals going on. You got like things you could be doing. There's two really cool festivals I wanted to give a quick shout out to. First of all, the one I went to this one last year, the American Percussion Seminar hosted by Mark Ford over at UNT. Yay! All virtual this last time, which was really cool, really cool format. We got a bunch of people on there. Super awesome time. I heard this year it's going to happen again. It's going to be at UNT, though, in person. So if you're thinking about a good summer festival, then there you go. That'd be a cool one to go to. There's also one by my buddy my new friend matt richards it's uh the virtual percussion music festival if you've probably seen it floating around on instagram somewhere i just wanted to say hey check it out there might be some cool opportunities there. there's a lot of really interesting ideas they have collaborative thinking sessions a lot of the time which is something i don't think we get a lot of in other places and it's kind of just really neat him and i sat down and had one of those like not too long ago and it's just really kind of mind op- like mind opening and kind of like, yo, what do I actually want to do with my career as a percussionist? Like, what am I thinking about like long-term rather than like just, it wasn't like just a playing thing. It was more of like a, again, mindset. We talk about mindset so often, but like, yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to those. Um, any other really cool kind of events that you know of going on this summer? Anybody, any cool festivals you want to shout out, programs? I know there's so many really cool festivals happening all the time. Those are the two I really wanted to talk about. So more well, I'm graduating this summer, so support her. And Taylor's graduation in July. Woo! That's, that's all I could think of. Wait, I have something that I want to share. It's not like what I'm doing over the summer, but the concerto competition video that I am in is out. And oh my God, watch it. <laughs> and Instagram. And it's cool because there are a lot of lights and it's 15 minutes and it's not the full thing, obviously, but it's pretty cool. And I shake a banana. That's <laughs> awesome. You got, if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. It's so good. Thank you. Thank you. You know so what? Good. I just thought, of, oh my God, Taylor, because I just like thought about it. Like, I was like, maybe we have to do a podcast where it's just like with female identified, wait, people, oh, whatever. Like, um, like women kind of female identifying people like you know come together and just like talking about like girl power and percussion and like the struggles that we have to face but obviously Michael and Sky you have to be there too yeah I think it'd be really good because I always feel like I don't know I'm like all like women percussionists are like super awesome and like I need to meet more Cause like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'd love to just come and kind of take a back seat and listen to that. That'd be awesome. Like just yeah, yeah. kind of moderate the chat or something. I don't know. Yeah. Cause like Taylor, I don't know about you, but like, at least cause there's enough girls in like uh, Michigan, but we do like girls hangs too. Like, so my roommate and I, like we like paint our nails or we have like a club night or like, we just like get together, watch movies, drink some wine and you know, just, have a little cute girls night because it's it's just so fun because like I love hanging out with my guy percussion friends but like I love my girl hangs too you know I love that yeah I would definitely love to do a session like that I had a very long conversation I we took a educational psychology class 
we had to ask some educational psychology questions. I had it with my professor, Dr. Yakis, and we talked about this topic, like women in percussion and um, sexism and like all that stuff. And yeah, I would love to do that basically. That's awesome. And I think that's the perfect kind of point to wrap us all up. So again, thanks everybody for watching. Thanks for sending in questions. Make sure you can keep sending us in questions. Doesn't that just be just for a Tam's Jam? We can do more, more Q&As. If you like this kind of format, tell us, send us an email, Tam's Perk Podcast, Tam's Percussion at Gmail. Message us on Instagram at Tam's Perk Podcast. And like, you know, we've been around for long enough. I think you kind of know the deal by now. But yeah, thanks everybody for hanging out, having a good time. Taylor, thanks again for coming on, chatting with us. Love to have you again for our Tam's Jam. And yeah, stay grooving. I also want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon on Patreon, Ellie. Thanks for supporting us there. And if you want to be cool like Ellie, you can find us on Patreon. Thanks again for listening and stay grooving.